0: What's up? I'm Tyler. And I'm Dakota. And this is the Bourbon and Business Podcast,
1: where we interview successful businessmen and women to let you in on why success doesn't have a single formula to follow.
0: We also have a little bourbon tasting along the way, because why not? Why not? Why not? So,
1: guys, please enjoy this episode and let us know your thoughts at Bourbon and Business Podcast on Instagram.
0: Coming to you from the Bourbon & Business Studio here in the Capital Club in downtown Jackson, Mississippi. I'm Tyler. And I'm Dakota. And this is the Bourbon & Business Podcast. How are you doing this morning, Dakota? I'm fantastic, Tyler. How are you? I'm doing great. It's always good to see you early on a Saturday morning. Likewise. Drinking bourbon. Yep, it's what we do.
1: Um, So tell us a little bit about our venue today. We're in the Capital Club, man. The one and only in Jackson, Mississippi. The best view in Jackson, no doubt. Great prices on their memberships here. They have daily lunches. They have events. They have event spaces. They've got it all. Yeah. I love everything about the Capital Club. If you're not a member and you
0: live in Jackson or the surrounding areas, you're definitely missing out. You need to go online and get your membership. Well, you want to introduce our guest to us this morning?
1: Yes. Today we have special guest, Mary Landrum Pyron, founder of ML Provisions.
2: Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: It's a pleasure to have you yeah sorry
0: for those of you who couldn't see we had our mic like all the way turned away from there so, that's great you know
1: that's a great experience isn't it it's dakota's fault yeah so. i'll take it i'll take the blame um well mary landrum it's a pleasure to have you this morning we're glad you're here even though the mic was nowhere near where it needed to be sorry about that
2: <laughs> no problem
1: tyler today we have a special bourbon too yeah so tell us who provided the bourbon for us today cheers vineyard in Gluckset Mississippi. Shout out to Cheers. Out to we appreciate
0: it Cheers. Cheers. Yes. And John Thomas, you're doing a phenomenal job John there. Thomas,
1: you're the man. Uh he told me a little bit of a he story. He's a bourbon master. He's a bourbon master wine, any liquor, honestly. I don't know what the professional name for it would be, but he's a bourbon expert. Uh, well, I mean, you got like head distillers and stuff of of bourbons, but he knows more than that. He yeah. he's just the guy. He If is. you have any questions, John Thomas can answer it, I promise. But if he can't, call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, please don't. <laughs> he gave us, uh, Cheers gave us a bottle of Monk's Road uh, for our episode today. What's but, the deal with Monk's Road? What is So the great-great-grandfather was J.W. Dant, whose bourbon is still around to this day. And this is J.W. Dant the third, I guess, or fourth, I don't know. Um, but he opened up the original distillery and is now making a fantastic product out of his great-great-grandfather's original distillery. Isn't not, that
0: cool? Yeah, that is cool. I'm just curious about the name, Monk's Raid. Like, what is that? Oh, I don't know that where about? that comes from. Be cool to look up. So any of our listeners, if you find that out, let us know. So, Yeah. Well, Mary Landrum, we appreciate you coming on today. I'm trying not to say your name wrong because Dakota <laughs> said it wrong. but. Uh, That's not... <laughs> But, it
2: happens all the time. I'm used to it. But
0: um it. <laughs> we always like to start us off. Just tell us where you're from, you know, where you grew up and then how you got into the business that you're in today. So.
2: Yeah, so I'm from Crystal Springs, Mississippi, thirty minutes away from here. I think we missed a step. Aren't we supposed to rate this bourbon?
0: Oh my gosh, yes. Look, Thank you so much, Mariland. Yeah. Look, hey, she's <laughs> a listener. She's honest, with them.
2: I think it's good. I really <laughs> it's a good so, way to start my saturday yeah, morning so
0: man I, we got the guests in here calling me out and i was wondering what dakota was looking at me i was weird trying for. to give so, him some
1: eyes yeah. over here like tell you forgot
0: to rate the bourbon sorry first. sorry i don't even look at the script for all you listeners that are wondering so that's
1: 100 percent true
0: um but i'm gonna rate this at a 9.5 very 9. 9.5 bourbon. fantastic so, very like top notch
1: Mary very Landry, thank you John we'll Thomas. get yours at the end of the episode yeah, Yours are the most important so that's what we say. But so life. back
0: to my question. Give us a little bit about your background, Jeez. where you're from, <laughs> and then how you got into the business that you're in. So
2: so from Crystal Springs, uh, very small town. It's a little over 4,000 people right now. Um, loved it. Had the best childhood. Great family. Uh, pretty Dream set up, but I knew I wanted out. (laughs) I don't know why, but um, graduated from Kapai Academy, went to Ole Miss, loved the four years there. I thought it was the time of my life. Um, Graduated in hospitality management, and through that program, uh, we had a lot of out of the classroom learning opportunities. So, really took advantage of that, uh, studied abroad anytime I could. I would say, tell my parents, hey, Uh, I could go to Vegas, and I could get college credit, and sure enough, I'd jump on a plane and go, but really had a good time there, and when it came time to graduate, my girlfriends were going to med school, law school, getting married, and I wasn't checking any of those boxes. I interned for Senator Cochran when I was going into senior year of college, and they um, sent out a thing to all the staff for a little slideshow with the interns, and they asked us, where do you see yourself in five years? Well, most people had these big goals. And I said I was going to go out west to find myself, even though I wasn't lost. And sure enough, I graduated, moved out to uh, Encampment, Wyoming. I didn't know a single person in the state when I got there. My parents drove me out. It's a 30-minute gravel driveway. And My dad, when we got to the top of it, he was like, we can go back to Mississippi. He was really worried about leaving me there, Uh, just like a good dad would be. So then I quickly made some friends there and I had to wear I was the expedition chef and cater on the guest ranch and had to wear a hat as part of the uniform so that's where hats came into play for me I got my first hat from Boots and More in Jackson on April 6, 2016. Uh, my mom told me I'm not getting you a nice hat because you know it'll be like a college swap party. You're not going to wear it after that one event. Well, to this day it sits in my bedroom every morning when I wake up I see it. But I was playing a ton. I loved it. I told my parents, hey, give me six months out west. I'll move to D.C., do political event planning and fundraising and get a big girl job. I quickly realized that I was going to stay out there a little longer than that. So I ended up staying there for five years. In year three, I started making hats. I was working at a florist. I've I've worked a ton of different jobs. Um, I like to stay busy. But at one point I worked at the airport. I'm a big hunter and My parents, very close family, like I said, but they told me, You're too old for us to fly you back and forth. You got to grow up. (laughs) So I said, Okay, yeah, we're not flying you home for turkey season. So I got a job at the airport. And (laughs) uh, that
1: I'll solve that problem. Yeah,
2: that solved that. And then it was so embarrassing. I would, you know, my friends would be giving me a hard time when they were flying out, but I'd clean the plane. This is during COVID too. So it was, not that great of an experience. Went in to quit, got employee of the month, so I had to stay on another <laughs> month. I think they knew that was coming. Um, so how then, can we keep her another month yeah. employee of the yeah. month
0: slash pizza party? Yeah. And
2: then uh, let's see what else I did. I worked at a florist and I was polishing. She started an event rental company and I was polishing 500 forks, 500 knives, and that's when I realized like you can do something more than this. You're kind of starting to go crazy. So reached out to a lady who had just started making hats and. Said, Hey, are you hiring? She said, Yeah, I need to hire somebody. Trained under her after a week. She said, You're catching on, and then went off to train under someone else. And that was the best thing that happened. He makes a lot of the equipment that I use now. Um, Worked for her for a year and a half. She took on a business partner. Things started to change. I was making the hats, she was making the money. And I thought, This is no way to live. It's a lot of wear and tear on the body that you don't see uh, just through looking at the hats on Instagram. And so she wanted me to sign a non-compete and all of this other stuff. I thought I'd live in Jackson Hole forever. And then I said, thank you. I've enjoyed my time here. This is my two weeks notice. That was January of 21. And then started buying up all the equipment. I knew if this thing was going to work, I was going to move home and make hats on my family farm in the middle of nowhere in Crystal Springs. Um, So, in April the contractors had started the barns over 175 years old and they kept asking my dad does she want this or that we can't get almond we can get white or we can't get white we can get almond and my brother called me and said this isn't dad's project if you're serious about your little hat business come home 3 days later drove home cried every day for 2 months and then that's when ML provisions really came alive.
0: Nice. Well, I'd say it's a good time to be in the hat business because I see a lot of a lot of people wearing hats now, so
2: It is. I uh, it's funny when I started wearing hats back in 2016, it wasn't a trend like it is mm-hmm. now, but uh, luckily for me, lucky for me when I got started my goal was to sell four hats a month. I think that dream wasn't big enough, but I didn't realize it at the time. I knew I had the desire and the passion to make hats and create hats i just didn't know if people would buy them sure um uh, and now everywhere you look all the stores you go in somebody's selling a hat
0: yeah. so i've never been a huge hat wearer and the, the reason's not because i don't like hats the problem is is i have a large head and every hat i get i knew it i knew it every every hat i get is too tight and like it you know well cuts, you need
2: to come right on off, gives me a construction
0: and so it's like you know this why I've never had a large
1: head as well, Tyler. So, I understand your pain. Yeah, like they don't,
0: like one size fit all is not a real thing. They just don't get it, a real man. Thing. They don't
1: so. get it.
2: So we go up by an eighth of an inch. We can make anything from a six and a half, which would be y'all's children sizes, all the way up to eight. And that's right. a basketball. So I and think so you, we'll make one that'll fit that's you. That's about
1: Tyler. <laughs> so I don't
2: know. And you can be a rounder, or well, a long oval. Yeah, and, yeah my
0: buddies are going to love this. But i uh, <laughs> say... So, so you, though, actually go in and custom fit these hats to people, correct? So we
2: get a raw felt. Okay. We block it, sand it, use a piece of equipment from 1860. And eight hours later, you have this open crown. And uh, typically, um, you, when you reach out, you'll go to the wait list. And then when I have appointments available and in inventory, I'll send you the link. You'll schedule hour and 45 minutes later. The goal is that you walk out with your hat. Wow. But we'll shape it and design it. There's a ton of different crown shapes. Um, the open road is a popular men's shape. You can wear that with your sports coat, um, wear it around the fire, drinking your bourbon. The hunting club, which is a teardrop, dip in the front, dip in the back, that's also really popular. If if it's your first-time hat, that's usually a good style to go with.
0: Well, nice. So how did you – so you said you, you moved out to Wyoming. How did you just decide, hey, I'm going to move out to Wyoming? I was going to ask the like, same question. Where did where that did come that, from? Yeah. I mean, cool, like, great place yeah. to move
2: to,
1: but beautiful out there. But
2: I don't know. I just, I love the outdoors. I always have. grew up skiing out West. And I thought, mm, why not work on a guest ranch, do something different? You've got the rest of your life to work a nine to five right. and go have fun for a couple months. And then it,
1: well, it seemed to have paid Rolled off. on
2: for five yeah. years. Yeah, <laughs> how
1: about that? Well, it turned into a business. So, you know. Yeah,
2: but that's one of the big things that I try to get across to people that are in college or graduating from high school. You don't have to know what you want to do at that moment. Yeah, declare a major and kind of have a general idea. But each, every time I said yes to something, it led me to where I am now.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a great point. I think that most things that you know we're doing in life now we didn't initially intend to do that it kind of just worked out you know as you find out what you like and what you don't like as you get older uh a lot of times it's not what you originally thought you'd be doing but
1: which is a shift from previous generations right like you get your job you stay at that job you work up and then you basically die at that job but nowadays it's well i don't really enjoy doing this well you don't have to stay there you can go do something else. Find out what you like to do. That's what the young years of your life are for. And there's no time frame on it either. You know, I've I've told people before, I mean, you can start as young as in high school, you know, go out and find somebody who does the job that you think you want to do and take them to lunch. Take them to coffee, you know. Take them to dinner, do something, and and pick their brain on what they do for a living, and see if that's what you want to do too. And if it's not, then don't waste your time. You know, four, six, eight years of schooling to become a surgeon—that's probably actually yeah. like twelve to yeah, sixteen years. Just going a more way. than probably four. But you know, and you don't even like it. You sure you're making a ton of money, but you're miserable at what you do. So you know, find something that you want to do and go out and do it. And if anybody tells you you can't make money at it, they haven't done it. So.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we have so much more access to information now, you know, I guess the previous generation. So it does, you know, it makes it, I guess, easier to explore other opportunities. But there's a lot to be said. And, you know, in your younger years, which I still like to think I'm I'm in my younger years. But, you know, in your younger years, uh, being able to explore different opportunities to find out what you truly want to do, because there's a lot to be said that you're able to do every day what you love. And, um, I know that you could probably speak to that. It, it makes a difference for
1: sure. So. so Mary Landrum, why by appointment only and how has your business grown so quickly? Cause that's, you know, by appointment only you think like, oh, that's like a very specialty and obviously hats are very specialty. Everybody's head is a different size. Like Tyler and I just discovered, but appointment only let's start there.
2: I do it by appointment only so the customer gets my undivided attention. It's a lot of details that go into the hat. I also don't ship hats. Uh, I stopped really? shipping. Okay. Mm-hmm. I stopped shipping after my first Christmas. I wanted complete customer satisfaction. So um, by appointment only, when you come in, you, your group, a lot of people bring families, coworkers in. Um, I just sit there, focus, talk to you, kind of understand your story. And where you want to wear your hat and what style hat you like. And that keeps me um, focused throughout the day because when we're not with appointments, we have to make the hats to have them on the hat wall. So a lot of people will try to call me or message me throughout the day. If I'm looking at my phone, I'm not making a hat. So um, we just keep it appointment only to keep it exclusive, private and focused.
1: Wonderful. And, and how have y'all grown so quickly? Because it's been exploded, and you know, it's like crazy. like Tyler said, there's there's a, a a trend in the industry right now. Yellowstone, but even, baby. Even <laughs> even before then, it feels like you like you were before the trend, right? And so, so I made
2: my first hat under my brand, July twenty first of twenty one. My goal was to sell four hats a month. I worked pretty much six and a half days a week. My first year, I really try to take Sundays off. I actually gave up Sundays for Lent, um, go into the hat shop cause I needed a break. But, um, luckily I have not had to pay for one drop of marketing. I don't pay Instagram anything. I don't promote in magazines. I don't pay for marketing. People reach out to us. Hey, can we put you in our magazine? Can, you know, Different things like that. That's um, terrific. Can we, can, will you come be on our podcast? And that's us, when, you, uh, when you leave <laughs> with your hat, the reason we've been able to grow, um, people love the experience. And so they take a picture, post it on social media, and then boom, one person sees it. The next person, when you're wearing it through the airport or on your trip, they'll say, where'd you get that hat? And that's how ML Provisions has grown.
1: Fantastic. You've created yeah. a... a uh who's who of sorts, right? Where it's like, Oh man, they so and so got a hat too. I gotta go check this out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well and I think, you know, it speaks a lot to the product that you're putting out. Obviously if you have a great product, you know, there's less advertising and things you're gonna have to do For because sure. word of is gonna spread, you know, that this is this is a phenomenal experience or this is a great product, you gotta go get one. So I think that speaks a lot to what you're putting out there. So
2: it also has a lot to do with Mississippi and the South and the way we connect and network. Yeah. It's not like this anywhere else in the world.
1: Yeah. My coworkers at work call me Prez because anywhere I go, I can be like, oh, you know, so-and-so then. And they're like, yeah, that's my cousin. Or, you know, <laughs> that's 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 my friend or, you know, whatever. They were at my wedding. And yeah. it's like, golly, Dakota, can you draw a connection with anybody? And I'm like... Yeah. I mean, what is it? Three people, I think, is how many people you need to draw a connection with somebody from anywhere from like the president. You know, somebody who knows somebody who knows the president. It's it's crazy. thought
0: you were about to go into a song there for a minute. <laughs> Do you want me to? <laughs> I will. But, uh, you know, yeah, just like you're speaking, her name, Mary Landrum, and then the other person, as soon as we got in here, she's you're related to the person I know that's named Mary Landrum somehow. So Yeah. Small world in Mississippi.
1: Yeah, so. it always is, especially yeah, especially in Mississippi in the south. Um, what are some of the biggest struggles that you face as a startup, right? When when you first made your first hat? I'm sure there were some fears there that um I'm not gonna sell these things. How do you get past that?
2: You just keep working and you pray and you have a lot of get up and go. Nobody else will love that business and want that product to be the best it can be. Like you do. Um, You can hire different people, but nobody else will have the heart for it. Mm. Uh, But one of the things I still struggle with is trying to find a balance between work and just everyday life. I'm very um, competitive. So I think, Oh, I, I need to sell more hats. I'll look back at last year's sales or last months and, If I'm not selling more, I'm like, oh, like I'm falling behind. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I got to go take a trip somewhere, do something fun. Uh, But being a small business owner, you have those struggles. But the key is to get up every day and be better than you were the day before and keep producing a high quality product that people want.
1: Man, spoken like a a true warrior there of the small entrepreneur world. Um, Yeah.
0: And I like how you pointed out, you know. Because you are torn between, you know, do I go on this trip or do I stay and work, you know, obviously for profit and stuff like that. But it, I think it is very important for, you know, not only business owners, like everybody in general, like you do need to experience life, you know, while you can, while you're healthy and, you know, take take the trips and, and do the fun things. And at the same time, you know, get back to business when you're back. So, yeah, very it, important I thing. feel
1: like that's one of those things. And, you know, I'm not a founder, but I, I just after talking with so many entrepreneurs, I feel like that's one of those things that you just kinda of have to learn as you go. Everybody's balance is different, right? Mm-hmm. Some people might only be able to give three full days a week. That's all I got, and that's fine. That's what you do. You know. Some people might go six and a half like yourself, and that's fine too. You know, Whatever you need to do to, I mean, this is your passion. This is your business. What, what do you feel like it needs, right? And then you've gotta find that balance too of, I need some mental health break myself.
0: Now speaking of trips, so I always look up my guests before they come on to just see, you know, what they do, what they're about. Yeah, stalk them a little bit, and I noticed you were in Africa hunting.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm a big uh, hunter, and then I love to fly fish. So I try to take two good trips a year. I went um, fly fishing in Mexico last February, and then my sister and I was my sister and I we travel together because we're kind of on the same speed. Um, we like all the same things. So went to Ascension Bay, had the best time and then went on a safari in June. And <laughs> I don't know if she'll ever go hunting with me again. I kind of <laughs> pushed her to her max on that trip.
0: Yeah. I'd have to say a uh, African safari would be pushing it to the max. So how
2: was that? Uh, it was incredible. Got a Cape Buffalo. That was like my main animal that right. I wanted to harvest. And by the end of the trip, I mean, it took me two days to come down from that hunt.
1: It was wild. Was it like, I mean, you know, on a safari, you know, you, I, I've only seen videos. I've never been myself. But you see videos of like sometimes lions charge the truck and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you, did y'all see a bunch of other animals and there's like no protection there? It's just. No. Okay. W-
2: we didn't have lions around us. Uh, that I would have been a little uneasy. Well, when you said your her. sister
1: was uneasy, I was like, I, yeah, I'm envisioning like a tiger or something. She's
2: very uh, dramatic. <laughs> she's an extreme girly girl, but she wants to go along for the adventure. And she, we harvested enough animals to last her a lifetime. So <laughs> she'd be like, I'm over this. I'm over this. I'm not posting <laughs> these animals on social media, blah, blah, blah. She'd start drinking that wine and it she'd get all fired up again. <laughs> there you go.
1: Well, Dakota, I think it's a good time for a bourbon break. Yeah, can you give us your thoughts? Monk's Road is fantastic. Tom, I'm about to shock you and our listeners. I'm at a nine point five. Wow, I can't believe it. So, Same rating.
0: Yep, yeah, well, I don't need a calculator. This no, time. congratulations. So, there you go. Well, I appreciate it. Yep. Well, back to the podcast. Well, um, now do you do you work with family? It's just uh, like- not.
2: A- Family, they don't always get paychecks. (laughs) Okay, I got
0: you. Define work. (laughs) Uh, So, are you like, are you a one person operation or do you have?
2: Depends on the day. Okay. My sister's the nanny. Uh uh, So, she's part time Crystal Springs and then also in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I have another lady when she feels like coming into work, she'll work. Okay. Um, And then my mom, she's great. She's definitely one of those that does not receive a paycheck, but anytime I call her, she'll run out to the shop and. You know, bring fresh flowers, fix whatever's the problem is. My dad, he ha- is very hands-on, too, mm-hmm. um, and assisting. And my well, brother's a good supporter.
0: And I guess with well, your product, it's kind of hard because it's kind of like an art form
2: mm-hmm.
0: of sorts. So, like, if someone's buying a hat, hat from you, they want, I guess, you
1: to be the, the right. person crafting that hat. Mm-hmm. So That was the whole about appointment only thing. Did you yeah,
0: miss that I part? Guess I, well, I guess I just thought in my mind
1: you can We go. do yeah.
2: uh, <laughs> pop-ups, though. So if you're not... In Crystal Springs or in the area, um, and you want a hat. We've been from South Carolina all the way to Wyoming. Uh, we have a little hat trailer and set up the hat shop at your event. Nice.
1: That's cool. Yeah. That's a great, great tactic there, too. So what's the fastest you can make a hat?
2: Well, each felt is different.
1: Mm-hmm. Would smaller head people be easier to make yeah, a hat for? Yeah, and the
2: fedoras. So the little two inch like, brims are like that.
1: I tell you, yours is like days.
2: But we get a raw <laughs> blank, and... It's a 50X beaver rabbit, and that's you can wear it in the rain, the snow, mm-hmm. whatever the conditions. And this is prime felt season. So we really stay busy from now and then February. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I need to breathe for a moment. And then back to Africa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a trip. <laughs> um, but we, like I said, we don't ship. We have had people as far as the Netherlands, of California, New York flying to Crystal wow. Springs for a hat.
1: That's so cool because that brings different things to Crystal Springs, too.
2: Yes. And it's bad. Uh, Before, I guess about six months ago, we got a new restaurant in town. But if it wasn't Thursday through Saturday, there was nowhere for you to eat. (laughs) So Crystal Springs is growing and I'm excited about it. Uh, It really is a neat little town.
1: It might grow faster now what's the future of ml provisions and and the hat industry as a whole do you do you branch out from hats do you stay true to what you were founded on have have you thought about it
2: so it is provisions because i do have different things running through my brain um, i didn't want to name it hat company because i didn't want to limit myself there you go put it provisions running under one umbrella right well uh, we do some events and i'm really into flowers i'll plant 700 tulips here shortly catering and then some other things could be coming.
1: All right. But I'd never, that was what did Emily Moore call it? A tease in the industry. (laughs) I missed that one. I guess you were in the podcast. Sorry. Oh, anyway, that's a tease there,
2: but I don't want to outgrow the barn where I'm located because there's something special about that Mm. place and the experience that we provide you there. So I don't plan on doing a shop anywhere else besides crystal springs
1: fantastic staying true to true to your roots there that's awesome well we're to the point in the podcast want to get your
0: rating on the bourbon
2: i'd give it i really enjoy it i'd give it a 10
0: a 10 10? 10. and i know that maybe the first i know that's
2: high but you got to take into account that we're sitting here it's great saturday morning looking out i kind of like how it's foggy We've got some rain, some mist. We've been needing it. It's a good day, so I'm giving it, it a ten.
1: It is. It, it, you know what? That's a great point. The atmosphere just makes the experience. It really does sometimes.
0: Well, we'll land at a nine point eight for. I almost said monk's toad, but monk's road. Monk's Road. <laughs> and uh, how much of this have you had? Uh, just a sip. <laughs> um, but also tell our listeners if they say, "Hey, you know, I'm, I really need to get me a nice hat." Uh how would they get in touch with you or to set up an appointment to get that done?
2: You'll reach out, we have a website, ML Provisions. Uh then we'll add you to our wait list and from there you'll come in, book an appointment. It's fun if you bring your friends, um, your husband, your wife, surprise date night, and we uh love meeting people. We say you come in as a customer, but you leave as a friend. Nice. We're also on Instagram, ML Provisions.
1: Wonderful.
0: Well, to all our listeners, we appreciate you tuning in this week. If you would, go follow us on social media and give us a rating on however you stream this podcast, and we'll see you next week. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode.
1: If you have any feedback or would like to be featured, reach out to us at bourbon bourbonandbusinesspodcast at gmail.com.
0: Or find us on Instagram at bourbonandbusinesspodcast.
1: Thanks again for listening.
0: Follow us for more content and info on the next episode.